It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey guys, welcome in. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth along with my co-host Mike Evans. Scott the Hub producing the show. I want to thank some of our uh, presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your workout needs. SweetSweat.com for more information. I'm talking nutrition. I'm talking about workout at home, equipment, you name it. They've got it. Absolutely awesome. Also, the great people over at Superbook. For America's Best Bet, it's Superbook. You can check them out as well. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I, I feel I feel sorry for the Kansas City Chiefs and their you know budding dynasty that just got cut to the quick by the Patriots because I guess the Patriots found the blueprint to slow down Patrick Mahomes. Huh? They exposed. Exposed. Yeah. The Chiefs are exposed. I'd say here's the here's the Sorry, beauty. Chiefs Kingdom. It's yeah. all over. Yeah. Here's Please the note beauty. the sarcasm. Here, here's here's the beauty of what they're doing, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, you shut them down for three quarters, and people will try to they will try to mimic, they will try to copy that game plan. And I understand the principles of it. Like when you walk into that game plan with Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick has been a guy who is going to play man coverage. 80, 90% of the time. That's what they do. I mean, that's who they are and where and what they've hung their hat on. And they've been damn good at it, Mike. I mean, damn good at it. And, you know, Belichick and I've, I've, you know, I've done television with a lot of his assistants over the years, a lot of guys that I know, like Eric Mangini. And they always talk about doing something that you haven't prepared for, right? And then ultimately kind of trying to, even if we have a strength, we would rather exploit your weakness than lean on our strength if we think it's a strength-on-strength matchup, which is fascinating about them. And so one of the things they always say is, how can we like break down the film, diagnose what you are and what you do well, and make you play left-handed, make you play away from those strengths, so to speak? So last night, how much zone did they play? How much... Three-man rush, eight-man drop zone did they play? They played a ton of it. And what they said is, we're going to clog up windows, we're going to take away throws from you, and we're going to make you essentially hold the ball and then scramble around and, and, you know, and, and hopefully you know, shut you down that way. And they did for three quarters. They were exceptional. Yeah, they mixed some man principles in there because that's what they, you know, that's what they are. That's, that's what their main base is when you talk about them defensively. But they did that. They made you hold on to the ball, and then they possessed the living snot out of the football. They ran the ball. I think they had 185 yards rushing. They converted, I think, 5 of 11 third downs, which wasn't probably good enough, but they only got into 11 third down matchups, right? So, you know, they the blueprint was, was set. And you and I, over the course of the offseason – we went through all the eight losses, including the playoffs, that the Kansas City Chiefs had over the last two years. And all those losses were consistent. They were consistent in the other team possessed the ball, either running it or converting third downs with a short passing game. But they remember that the Chargers beat them. It was like 29 to, to I don't know, 31-29. It was something like that. It was I can't remember the exact score. But... I think they had 29 first downs. 
Like they, I mean, they they just possessed the ball, and most of it was through the throwing and passing game. Uh, Tennessee Titans beat them once, and it was all about you know about running the football, possessing the ball. Uh, Indianapolis Colts beat them in a, in a weird game, like a twenty nine thirty or nineteen thirteen game or something like that. But the bottom line is everybody did the same thing. They kept Patrick Mahomes at bay. They kept him on the sideline, and let's face it, that game, although it was twenty six to to ten last night on Monday Night Football. Um, that game was a lot closer than 26. They scored, what, 19 points? They had a pick six for yeah, crying out loud. they scored two touchdowns in the span of about, what, 10 seconds. Yeah, and and I'm telling you, you look at that. Now, other teams will try to, to mimic that, right? They'll try to copy that. I, I will say this. To get defensive linemen and rush defensive ends and outside linebackers that are rush linebackers to hit spots, to have the savvy to understand the route combinations behind them and get into spots to take away those throws. There's a lot of teams that will try to copy that, and they'll fail miserably. But they'll try. They'll see the blueprint. But their guys won't be able to execute at the level the Patriots were able to execute. So the moral of the story is the NFL, if you're a fan of another team in the NFL, you don't think that the Chiefs have uh, (laughs) found their kryptonite. Yeah, do have you? you? Yeah, pump the brakes. I mean, you yeah. got to. Here's the thing about the Chiefs. But how do you? Okay, then how do you tap? Okay, if all right, let's say that's the blueprint. Yeah, and let's say teams now are just going to say we're going to rush three, drop eight, going to play soft. We're going to just make Mahomes hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. All right, if if you're Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, how do you how do you counter that and still maintain you know that that high scoring explosive nature that we've come to expect from them? Well, I mean, I think there's a couple of different things. One. Can you run the ball with more efficiency than you ran it last night? They just didn't. They couldn't run it for an inch. I mean, the the Patriots were really good in that diagnosing, um, diagnosing run, uh, run pass, and you know even playing from a too high safety look, but being able to rally down the alley from your safeties and understanding, hey man, we're going to read our run keys. We're going to read the outside, whether it's a tackle or whether it's a tight end. We're running run keys, and as soon as we see that guy block, as soon as we see that man, I am flying down to the line of scrimmage. So they did that really well. I mean, they did everything really well. But, you know, everybody has the game plan. And even with the game plan, Mike, at the end of the day, you make a couple mistakes, and guess what? You know, they put three drives together in the span of each one of them a minute and a half and and have three scores, and all of a sudden they've got 21 points. It's what they did during all the playoff games. Like every playoff game, they were down 24 nothing or whatever it was. They were down, you know, Ten nothing. They were down double digits in every playoff game, and late in some of those playoff games. And what do they do? All of a sudden, you look up at the and the final whistle blows, and and it's a blowout because that's how good they are, and that's how well they adjust over the course of a game. You know, when the off season was going on, and we were reacting to the draft, the uh, the idea was, wow, did the Packers do Aaron Rodgers dirty? Right. You know, they didn't they didn't draft him another playmaker. You know what? I think I got to give credit to the uh, to the Green Bay Packers front office because they did more to get more out of Aaron Rodgers by drafting Jordan Love than had they drafted a wide receiver or a tight end or a playmaker cuz clearly Mark the drafting of Jordan Love has lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers 4 games in 4-0 completing 70% of his passes 
300 yards passing per game, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 128. Message delivered. Right. And and I tell you, he was pissed about it. But you know, he's done several things. One, he's used it as motivation. He's gone back and looked at his, just looked at, like, where was my best season? What was my MVP? What did I look like? And how have things changed? Like the self-scouting, self-evaluation that he has done. The other thing is, you know, he has the last couple of years, he's had, you know, the celebrity girlfriends and this, that, and the other that, you know, that takes some time to maintain, apparently. I think his words, not mine. Well, I'm paraphrasing. But didn't he say, you know, he's gotten rid of a lot of the distractions? Like he dumps Danica Patrick and then says, I've gotten a lot of uh, rid of a lot of distractions in my life. Read into that what you will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like an expose in, in, in GQ magazine, right? <laughs> I mean, so. Anyhow. But does he do all of that stuff? Does he do all that self-evaluation? Does he take a closer look at his best season as a pro? Does he take a look at how he's living his life? Does he do all that if Jordan Love doesn't get drafted? I, it's a great question. I don't know. Maybe he was preparing that way before Jordan Love got drafted, and that was just a like this is a final f you to the organization or whatever. Like I'm on my way out, and I'm gonna listen. The guy is playing great, and here's the interesting thing, you know, because the headlines and the national games and the all that stuff, all that stuff matters. And in this first quarter of the season, yeah, they played on Monday night, but because of the COVID thing with Cam Newton, it was split. And what got the majority of the attention? KC versus New England got a hell of a lot more attention than did Green Bay and Atlanta. And so there just hasn't been as much national buzz about Aaron Rodgers, what he's doing, compared to you know the Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, what Russell Wilson is doing in Seattle right now is otherworldly. Um, more touchdowns thrown in the first four games of the of the year than anybody in the history of the NFL, I believe. Um, and Russell is like highest percentage of completion percentage and all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, it's absolutely amazing what he's been able to do. So I I tell you, um, you got to put and, and oh, oh by the way, Mike. And this is, I'm going on a tangent here, but what about what Dak Prescott's doing? I know they're one and three, but for crying out loud, Dak Prescott would be in that conversation if they were winning. So who would be your MVP? We're a quarter of the way into the season. I think Who would be your MVP? I, I still think 4-0 Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, you know, there was a big campaign this offseason about let Russ cook, you know. Stop running the ball so much. Let Russ do things that Russ does and, you know, and all this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, I was like, I was like in the first broadcast, I broadcast the first game. I was like, hey, let's just let Russ simmer. Like, you can get a great meal out of a crock pot, right? I mean, it's like, like, just throw everything in the crock pot, let it simmer all day. You're far less likely to burn down your kitchen. Let Russ simmer. I was good with that, but... Certainly what they're doing right now, running the ball more than, I mean, excuse me, throwing the ball more than they ever have. And um, and Russ is just absolutely lighting it up with only two interceptions and uh, just a ton of, of touchdown throws right now. Yeah, Wilson right now. So I gave you those numbers on Aaron Rodgers. So kind of a tale of the tape. Uh, Russell Wilson is completing 75% of his passes. Right. Uh, he's thrown for a little about 200 yards more 
than uh, Rodgers. But 16 touchdowns, two picks. So he's thrown three more touchdowns than Rodgers, but has thrown those two interceptions. Yeah, it. I mean. And his quarterback rating through four games is 137. By the way, he'd have 17 touchdowns if D.K. Metcalf ran into the end zone. Good point. And that would have been another 50, 60 yards, whatever. His ability, Mike, on the deep ball, like they take shots. To have the 75, I, and I don't know, you know, I know there's a bunch of stat nerds with advanced analytics that could probably tell me this. I don't like any of you. Um, I'm just letting you know. Um, you know, I always say when somebody spits a bunch of stats in my eyes, two things happen. Either one, they didn't watch the game, so they're just backing up an opinion with a bunch of stats. Or two, they watch the game, but they have no idea what they're looking at. So, hey, but But he takes more shots, and I don't know how many, but he takes more shots than... Like they they throw the ball downfield yep. probably more than anybody else does, and to, and to still be completing seventy five percent, I'll give the stat nerds a little bit of love there, folks. If you're ever the walking a compliment. through an airport, yeah, because Mark is America's guest, and uh, the cries of stink, you know, whenever yeah. he's through an airport. But uh, if you ever see Mark in an airport, please walk up to him and go, "Hey, Mark, tell me what you think about Pro Football Focus." I will be kind. Oh, will you? Yes, I will. You'll be, be kind. I will be kind. But terse. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of grading people without game plans and knowing what they're asking them to do and, you know, all that shit. But, uh, <laughs> anywho. anywho. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons 0-4. Mm. Uh, Dan Quinn's got to be in trouble, but oh. he got beat. Uh, Bill O'Brien, the first coach to be fired. Yeah, how about that? I mean, and, you know, and this is this is something that you and I have talked about a bunch, and you know, and and I don't know. I you you've said it forever back about Mike Shanahan. You know, when he was coaching the the Denver Broncos, Mike Shanahan, the GM, got Mike Shanahan, the coach, fired. And you know, when it comes to Bill O'Brien, I think that I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, Bill O'Brien made some moves. Um, you know the. Jeremy Tunsil, and you need to have a, a legit left tackle. And Jeremy Tunsil's a really good left tackle. But Laramie gave, Tunsil. What's that? Laramie. What did I say? Jeremy. Oh, yeah, Laramie. Laramie, uh, Jeremy with an L. It's yes. It's Jeremy. Yes. I think it's LeJeremy. No, you're right. Boom. Laramie. Laramie Tunsil. Continue. Continue. I had that mask thing on that he wore before the draft, and I got a little <laughs> confused. Um Laramie Tunsil, excuse me. Laramie Tunsil is a really good he's a really good yeah. player. He really is. He's a good player. But, you know, you gave up two first rounders and everything else and yeah, it's a lot of draft capital. And now you're not going to have you're the next coach whoever that becomes is not going to have or the next GM not going to have a first rounder. And then, you know, then you trade DeAndre Hopkins who I believe is probably leading the league in in yards, reception yards or at least close to it and he's having a great season for Arizona. And you know you've got an all-star quarterback that doesn't have his all-star wide receiver, and and what was it that you got? You guys had a, a you know a rift. You you had a a little tryst. You you like things didn't work out, and you got upset, so you traded him. And they got like a Mike. I can't even remember what they got for him. Like a third or fourth rounder or so. I mean, it wasn't. Like, wait a minute, you get for a left tackle, you gave up that, and for arguably the the one of the top three receivers in all of football, you got almost nothing in return. Like, it just didn't make a lot of sense. So, I, I just think you've got a young quarterback you took away as number one weapon, the one guy he's got more comfort with than anybody else, and you didn't get jack squat in return. But this is a guy, O'Brien, in, in seven years in Houston, well, not full seven, but still his seven years in Houston, had a winning record, 
Right. Won the division four times. Yes. I mean, four times in six years he won the division, not having great quarterbacks for, right. for most of those and runs. And was in the playoffs last year. Exactly. And was up 24 nothing on the on the – On the the Chiefs. So do you believe that Bill O'Brien as a coach will be in big demand? Meaning teams with with openings will say, hey, look, we just want you to come in and coach. Yeah. You'll answer to this guy, but we just want you to coach. You think he'll be in high demand for that? And will he accept that? That kind of a role. I think that uh, I think that he will be in high demand from a coach. Whether he decides to take a year off and do something else for a while or whatever, but I think he will be in high demand. I, I definitely think that he'll be a guy that gets an opportunity. Um, and and you're right. I mean, he went to he went to the playoffs. We saw Hoyer get benched last night for Stidham in a game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He went to the the playoffs with Hoyer. You know, he went to the playoffs with a myriad of different also rans playing the quarterback position. So, like, there's no question he can coach. I, I think the personality, you know, I, you know, and I don't know, but I just feel like there have been some personality is- issues, and I definitely think that was a, De- a DeAndre Hopkins thing. I don't know what went on there, but, you know, you hear the rumblings that the, there was a fallout or whatever. you got to find a way to keep that guy, for your, especially for your young quarterback. That's your, your young quarterback's favorite guy. It just seems to make sense to me. All right, you know what it's time for. Time for a, a little bit of fun, Mike. And, um, you know, we're going to start with question mark. Uh, so you guys sent us a bunch of questions on my Twitter handle, at Mark Schlerth, question mark. We're going to answer a couple questions from you, and then um, whoever Mike deems to be the uh, most deserving is going to get a $75 swag bag from our folks at um, from our folks at Sweet Sweat. By the way, Mike, you know, I was talking about Dak Prescott. Dude, isn't it just apparent that Jerry Jones needs to step down from Grand Poobah of all things football and quit messing with that organization? Isn't it doesn't it doesn't it feel apparent to you? You can have that kind of play from your quarterback and he's playing great right now. I mean, what has he got? A bunch of four hundred yard games and all that stuff that he's doing. Isn't it apparent that Jerry Jones would be better served just owning and not trying to be the grand poobah of all things, and just circumventing well, your coach's authority? Rightly or wrongly, the last coach that he had that uh, you know truly had authority? complete control and authority was Jimmy Johnson. Even yeah. Bill Parcells oh, had to absolutely. work with and, and answer to. So yeah. the one constant with the Cowboys being you know shockingly irrelevant since the early 90s is is, is Jerry Jones? Here's so. the beauty of that division. It is so shitty oh. that the New England, or excuse me, the uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles are leading that division with a one two and one record, leading the division. Uh, I knew I'd hear from Bills Mafia. Uh huh. This question comes in from uh, Xavier, who asks, "Where is Josh Allen in your MVP conversation?" Mm. I forgot about that. You know, I mean, it's you know, uh, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers is gonna right gonna dominate. Gonna, but Josh Josh Allen is right there, man. Josh Allen's having a great year. Seventy percent completion percentage. Um, he's got a bunch of TDs. Uh, I, I he's he's playing his butt off for the Buffalo Bills. They're undefeated right now too. Absolutely, Bills Mafia. Pat yourself on the back. You guys are doing things. I still, you know, question whether you're going to win that division. 
Got a two-game lead right now over uh, New England. Yeah, well, they still have two games to play against New England. So we'll see when Cam Newton comes back from COVID exactly where they are. Probably should have lost. Uh, they probably should have lost to the Rams, but they converted some third down and like third down and 22. And, thir- and, and they got a, you know, I think they got a fortunate call on a pass interference that I think probably shouldn't have been called. But um, that said, on a fourth down, that said, Give them a ton of credit. Give uh, Josh Allen a ton of credit. He's playing his ass off. Uh, This one comes in from uh, Chuck, uh, who asks, Mark, I'm an upset Cowboy fan. Is Mike McCarthy in trouble? Wow, that's... I I don't think that Mike McCarthy... Well, Mike Mike, Mike McCarthy's in trouble because Jerry Jones owns the team. Right. That's why Mike McCarthy. Okay, I think Mike McCarthy is is going to be okay. I think they could still. I mean, the winner of that division may be eight and eight. Now, the winner of that division may be seven and nine. So they can turn. They're scoring points. They can. They can certainly turn it around, Mike. Um, they still have a, a, a great chance of winning that division. They're probably the most talented team in that division, and. Like, let's face it, Ron Rivera and the Washington football team, they may go away from Haskins. Haskins may get Haskins may get dumped. Um, the Giants are trying to figure it out with their young quarterback, but they're 0-4. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, and, and the Eagles are the Eagles are struggling with injury issues as well. So I, I still think the Cowboys have a legit opportunity to win that division. So we'll see, but I don't think Mike McCarthy is is in trouble right now. Now there's some other coaches on the hot seat, for sure. Like you, you got to, I mean, you look around the league. There's got to be a few other coaches. Well, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, obviously. They were going to fire him last year, and apparently all the players basically stood up. They started playing. They won. I think they won like six games in a row at the end of after starting one and seven, and then you know they're not. Yeah, they're. That's only a matter of time whether it happens. Matt Patricia. Yeah, Matt Patricia's got to be like. There's a bunch of players where, where Matt Patricia came out the other day and said, "Hey, you know, we had a lot of work to do." But when I got here, and everybody's going, they were nine and seven, and they had gone to the playoffs under Jim Caldwell, and now all of a sudden their culture sucks. That's not that's a you and 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 what's their GM from? He's also from New England, Dan Quinn, right? No, uh, Patricia Bob Quinn. No, Bob Quinn. Yeah, Bob Quinn. Yeah. Dan Quinn coaches Atlanta. Yeah. You just Bob mentioned Quinn. that. I mean, Dan uh, Bob Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I think that I think that that writing's on the wall as well. Yeah, I think any team that's in that and Adam Gase, boy, mm. I mean, he d- just seems. I like can't that. believe I, I'm surprised he's still employed right now. I thought he'd get fired after the game yeah. on Thursday where he lost to the Broncos because they get the mini buy. Right, perfect time for a change. Uh, here's one from Mike. Mark, do you think Tom Brady reached out at all to Peyton Manning for advice on transitioning to a new team late in his career? Oh, I wouldn't doubt that at all. I think that he and Peyton Manning have conversations. Um, you know, Tom is one of those guys that's going to uh, – Tom's one of those guys that will leave kind of, quote-unquote, no stone unturned when it comes to, you know, when it comes to his career and, and figuring out how he can be his best. And, you know, all those people that were ready to write the obit, especially after he threw the pick six, his second pick six on the season, and they had a big uh, deficit to the Chargers um, – Think again as he throws five touchdown passes and almost 400 yards. Uh, he still is playing. He still has plenty of juice left in the tank, so to speak. 
All right. Uh, I, I like that question right okay. there at the end there. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, we, we know that Brady and, and Peyton have a good relationship. The relationship's gotten better and better right. over the years. Where, where as you know, early on they were rivals, but uh, yeah, I could I could absolutely see Tom reaching out to uh, Peyton for some advice there. So we'll go with uh, Mike Schultz. Schultz, Schultzy. I know nothing. Yes, Schultzy. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Hey, listen for everybody involved in the Stink Truth podcast. For Superbook and uh, and Sweet Sweat, we thank you guys so much. And uh, we'll be back to you later in the week. Um, and I tell you what, there are people doing 5 to 10 in State Pen right now that are that, that did less to get there than what I did to Mike in uh, in in our uh, pick them, in our, in our moneymaker picks. Money maker yeah, picks. I, gotta, I am, I am yeah, absolutely kicking your I ass. I got to bounce back. I may have to fire some people. You're going to think about firing people? I may have to, like, just... Redo my entire scouting staff. Yeah, Jake Cornegay from uh, Superbook is going to join us and uh, give us his uh, assessment, and that's all later on in the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you.